Warning, warning. Two idiots are diving into Tanhony Towers. Please cover your ears and await further liberation. Hello everyone, welcome back. I have ill news to begin with. The West has fallen. Oh. <laughs> the West has fallen. <laughs> Hold on, we have we should probably clarify before people get a right, bad right, idea. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't want people to get wrong. My friend was just making you a joke. You say I'm all uh, right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> My Jack's friend was just making a joke when we mentioned we had a podcast. He's like, do you have an alpha male podcast? And it's like, yeah, we tell you how to like treat women poorly. <laughs> so you can get dates or whatever. No, the thing um, is, everyone referring... slides like a twig. You just gotta know how much to pull without it breaking. <laughs> Why do you need to pull a twig? It's just like bend it. <laughs> oh. But you said without breaking. <laughs> so what purpose do you have for pulling the twig? Um... Uh, for fun. It makes sense if it was how much can you bend the twig without breaking. Cause that's well, it's like I've got carry. like one hand on each side of the twig, and I'm pulling with both. But what does that accomplish for you? Um, amusement. Sure. That's nice. <laughs> much like um, <laughs> so. What Tim's actually referring to is Hell Divers Two, uh, which we're both obsessed with right now. We've been playing with Jack and some other people. Uh, you guys should all get it. You guys need to get it. It's, we, we, your, your country wants you. Yeah, your country needs you. Tanoni Towers needs you. Oh my god, could you imagine if they added, like, guilds? <laughs> Go nuts. The only guild I oh. need is Helldivers. True. Sorry, my tummy feeling a little funny. That's okay. Why don't you introduce us how many articles we got today and what's going well, on? Well, I have one, two articles. Whether we read both of them, I don't know. One of them is uh, as the second round in my revolver. Oh my god! Uh, I've also oh, been. <laughs> this is unrelated entirely to anything we've talked about or are about to talk about. But have you seen all this Beyblade shit? Like Beyblade's made a big comeback for some fucking reason. Yeah, I, I thought I brought this up like a, a week or two ago oh. in an episode. Maybe I just brought it up to like an IRL. Oh. But yeah, I've noticed Beyblades like everywhere. We now. should watch Beyblades. Is, is where I was going with this. Can we please? Absolutely. This will this will heal all wounds. It will be ever since the Ark V days. <laughs> Oh my god. Remember when we used to be happy, dude? <laughs> we had dreams, you know? I used to sit so fucking late for some reason watching Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc I'll tell you, I'd say I don't know. It's because it was, I was with my friend. Yeah. Well, the real reason was because it was COVID and we could both do whatever the fuck we wanted. No, that wasn't COVID when we were watching Arc Really? When I was, was in that? work. I remember that. I was in work the next day after watching Arc the, you were like, oh, I'm so it's, tired. And I'm like, wow, he's been putting in the hours. He's been watching Arc V. I'd be like, I'm, like, okay, so I had to go to bed like an hour ago, but maybe one more. Because <laughs> this cliffhanger slaps. I need to know what card you'll play. That was. Remember when we were really into Game of Thrones yeah. for a while? That was nutty. I still link that video you showed me, the Joffrey Baratheon out of context. <laughs> it's my favorite. You're not meant to be here. here. Have a drink. Have another. <laughs> Remember the fucking guy who was like the meme, like he'd show up. <laughs> You're not meant to be here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I love him. Is it, isn't it Assassino from Ga- uh, Game of Thrones? No, Assassino is from Assassin's Creed. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because he stabs right. you and then you go to the White Ford and we go, I just wanted order. I just wanted order. Man. We should write. You know there what? There needs to be a series Bible. <laughs> I, I'm I'm doing a new. I'm, I'm making a thing. I'm not. I, I think. When we have the ability to, we need to make a series together. Like we need to write a fucking show. Fucking visual novel. <laughs> <laughs> visual novel! I do have... It's funny you mention that. 
I was at one you told point me about this. I'm aware of this. Yeah, I have. I have a program to make visual novels. What was it? Renpy? It would be, um, no, but I do have Renpy. I think Renpy's free. I also have a Tyranno visual. Oh, novel. right, right. Yeah, I know that one. Dude, what if we made DSC visual <laughs> novel? It's not. It's not like a dating thing. It's like a straight up like Umi Neko like horrifying <laughs> mystery that you have Say to it in fucking red. <laughs> Say it in fucking red. God, that's another meme. That's all we do now is we just wrap, that. That's we're how just in the retirement home. Like remember when we <laughs> said the funny thing. We're not even thirty yet. It's so over, dude. <laughs> no time. Time stops for no man. We're already just like remember when we used to be happy. It's like you're in your twenties, bros. <laughs> Hang in there. Anyway, how remember when we used to watch Yu Gi Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the good old times when we watched fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! What the fuck time. am I even talking about? I don't know. I don't know. They should Can have a Helldivers arc in... Uh, well, we weren't even kids when we were watching Yu-Gi-Oh! This was like two years ago. I know, but I just mean in general. Can we go back? Uh, go back to the playground. When we didn't know how to play Yu-Gi-Oh! But we, we persisted. <laughs> uh, so, fun fact about Yu-Gi-Oh! I remember... Uh, I used to not understand how tribute stars worked. I just knew how many monsters every card needed to tribute to summon because I played like the online games yeah. so much. You didn't know why did you remember that many though? I was playing with like my grandma's friend or something because she was being nice and, and tolerating me. And I was explaining to her, she's like, how do you know which monsters need a tribute? And I was like, oh, you just kind of know. And she's like, well, I don't know. I'll play. And I'm like, eh, if they have around like 2,000 attacks, that usually means you need to tribute. She's like, okay. Uh, and then I played a, f- a card that you don't have to tribute that had 2,000 attack. And she said, well, I thought you had the tribute. I'm going, no, this guy's special. And she was like, uh-huh. I think you're cheating. And that was when it all went downhill. <laughs> and that's, um, um, many years later, here we are in SCP Podcast. <laughs> yeah, that was that was when my life went downhill. <laughs> that's when I appeared somewhere in the world. <laughs> After me? Yeah, it's like, you stepped through the threshold and evil was born. <laughs> you just appeared at 14 years old, right, SCP? You saw his reflection in the door and the shadow was born that day. <laughs> By the way, what are some of uh, the popular things you've written? Because people, I always have to tell them who you are. They're like, oh, what's he written? And I'm like, oh, you've probably heard of, like, Bobble yeah. 5000. Uh, I consider my big three as being us. Bobble 5000 and 1437, the whole tournament place, because that's my, those are my big three in my mind. I don't know whether that's So in you say that, but I used to always bring up the whole to another place. No one knew who Yeah, that but it's was. the big three to me. That's the one, ones I like the most. But then I realized you wrote Daleport, and people talk about Daleport I co-wrote all the fucking Daleport. time. You co-wrote Daleport, that's right, with uh, the Flaming? The Flaming Shirt, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was talking about that the other day with some people in the Aether. Because I was like, why does he never bring up he, he co-wrote da- Daleport? Because everyone fucking talks about Daleport all the time. Um, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> no, one, no one has ever mentioned the whole to another place to me. It has a lot of upvotes, so it's clearly possible. It, it's an older one at this point. <laughs> uh, it's not it's not impressive anymore, because now the Foundation crosses you. Exactly, yeah, but at the time, then, at the time, that it was, was revolutionary. revolutionary. <laughs> it was. You know another one you wrote that I really like is the one that's... I think you wrote this anyway. Forgive me if I'm misattributing. I'll take credit. But the one where it's like the fake little foundation guys. Yeah, that's mine as well, yeah. (laughs) That one's cute. Oh, man. You really have written a lot, huh? Yeah. It's beautiful. Oh, something else we should probably mention. The SCP-8000 contest started. 
Oh yeah, it's about to the submitting submissions are about to close, but not the yeah, and itself, I was going to enter, but my idea I couldn't get into a shape that I liked, so I don't want to okay. enter just for the Hang sake on. of entering. <laughs> ah, sorry, we we're recording this in a car, and we got in a car crash. You see? Yeah, I died. Sorry. <laughs> I, had to, ah. I had to revitalize him. <laughs> Thanks for rezzing me. Thanks for hitting reinforce, brother. Topical. <laughs> see, we brought it back. Call it in. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, but yes, I don't even remember what we were fucking talking about, to be honest. Uh, we were just being old heads. We were just talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! We were sort of fluctuating between Beyblade and Yu-Gi-Oh, I think. I uh, Yeah, so Beyblade, I want to watch with you, because I never... I watched Yu-Gi-Oh! growing up, right? I never and watched Beyblade. I think... No, I, I, yes, I've I never seen Beyblade. Never I, seen Beyblade, never seen Bakugan. I saw, like, episodes of Beyblade, like, one or two out of context. Mm. I remember one where they're in, like, a desert town, and there's this, like, guy running around he's trying to catch. That's all I know of Beyblade. I've, I've I watched the, the crazy one that uh, has the crazy one. It's, like, Metal Fusion or something. Is that what we're watching? Do we need to I watch the other ones for lore? I don't know. <laughs> all right, well, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. We'll do this together. Okay. All right, so... How many articles did we have today? Uh, we have two. We have, uh, like I said, one... I expect we'll read, and two just in case. Okay. What's the one you expect we'll read? So this, the one that we're starting with, is called The SS Summerfield by The Great Hippo. Oh my god, I fucking love The Great Hippo. It's been too long. He's great. We gotta get him on as a guest again. That guy is an amazing writer. <clears throat> and this is, um, well, I just, yeah, it's by The Great Hippo. This takes place in The Broken Masquerade. So this is Ooh, one where the, there is no... We haven't visited that canon much. <laughs> in our jalopy that can go between universes. <laughs> Alright, you got it? Yeah. Item number. SCP-3241. Object class Keta. Special containment procedures. Sark. Mm. Sorry. I'm, I fell into a trap. I ate a lot of food. Summerfield Assessment and Containment Group, assembled by the Foundation on October 26, 2015, to assess the extent of the threat posed by the SS Summerfield and develop a safe and effective containment strategy for its anomalies. I've just realized it's Summerfeld, but yeah. <laughs> oh, it is Summerfeld. Um, da -da -da -da, yeah, um, to, is to continue developing a safe and effective containment strategy for the SCP. Until such a strategy exists, procedures to contain the SCP will focus on mitigation, observation, and the prevention of outside contact. Personnel to cooperate with the JMSDF. The Kaijo, uh, forgive me if I butcher this, the Kaijo Jitai, or Japanese Maritime Self-Defense Force. And other naval and aeronautic authorities to enforce a 75-kilometer exclusion zone around the SCP. Only Foundation-operated vessels are permitted to enter this zone. Surveillance drones will be deployed on a weekly basis into the SCP to monitor its rate of expansion. Should this rate change, the SCP's current containment director is to be notified immediately. The use of SRAs... Uh, Scranton Reality Anchors, a device designed to suppress morphogenic fields by projecting a stronger morphogenic field over it. Within the SCP's exclusion zone is strictly prohibited. Pending completion of the inquiries of the events on November 5th, 2015, no personnel, foundation or otherwise, are permitted to enter the SCP without O5 approval. Did I tell you? This isn't that funny of a story, but I just feel the need to tell you because SRAs came up. Sure. I was doing the, the Wormar P thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I was fighting someone who had, like, a reality anchor item, and immediately I got, like, flashbanged by SCP. <laughs> uh, and then later we're fighting, and I was like, hey, uh, is, is your SRA still active? And they're like, SRA? And I'm like, oh, fuck, sorry. <laughs> You're a reality anchor. <laughs> There's too many humes. 
yeah, like I had I had a moment where it's like maybe I am an SCP head. Jesus Christ, it was bad. Too many humans. You've been contaminated. I have been contaminated. It is weird because I don't consider myself not that I hate SCP or anything, but I don't consider myself like an SCP fan. I don't really engage with it too much outside of our podcast, but like. We've done so much of it now that I feel like I know more lore than the average SCP fan. Like, I'll see something and be like, oh, inspired by references SCP, or, like, SCP might have been inspired by something from that. Mm -hmm. And people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? You push up your glasses and you're like, I see an SCP reference. (laughs) Basically. It's it's bad. Well, let's see. Let's get to that knowledge. (laughs) Description. The SCP is an irregularly shaped volume, approximately 12 kilometers in diameter, centered upon the SS Sommerfeld, formerly SS Chavez. It exhibits numerous spatial, temporal, molecular, and biological anomalies. Although the nature and severity of the anomalies fluctuate with no discernible pattern, they do not extend beyond the SCP. The SCP is currently expanding at a rate of approximately 4 meters per day. The SS Sommerfeld is a cargo ship constructed in 1963 by Sun Shipbuilding and Dry Dock Company. It was purchased, refurbished, and rechristened in 1995 by DLS. Uh, Devorn Logistic Solutions, a paratech company started in 1984 by Daniel Devorn. What's paratech? Uh, paranormal technology. Ah, is that just... Oh, I guess because it's Broken Masquerade, it's yeah. now. A former employee of Prometheus Labs. They specialize in the development, production, and maintenance of safety devices used to mitigate or otherwise contain anomalous materials. This is all uh, being capitalized. Is Pro- <laughs> what is Prometheus Lab? Um, it's a group of interests, a bit of an old one. Their whole thing is that they don't exist anymore. They were like a paratech company that ended up blowing themselves up because of the is whole, it, like, Prometheus yeah. connecting, you know, motif. <laughs> is it, uh, is it uh, Broken Masquerade only, or does that exist? It exists in outside? normal canon as well. Oh, Okay. But it's usually like they blew themselves up at some point in the past, so you always find the shit that they had. Aww, that's sad. As part of a foundation-sponsored contract to provide a transport for low-risk anomalies and anesthetized ontokineticists... Uh, colloquially known as reality benders, ontokineticists are persons who alter their surroundings via the projection of a morphogenic field. Can I be real? Yeah. Um, I actually I like ontokineticists as a, the... Uh, like formal term. I also think it sounds way cooler than reality bender. Yeah. Like I get reality benders simpler to get across. That's why it would be colloquial. But like I, if I was in the fucking foundation, like a like a weeb who insists on using like Japanese words, I would just say onto kineticist. <laughs> what do you mean? No. I thought you, you meant that it's mean? Japanese. It's like that's not Japanese. No, no, but... it's not. But like people would be like reality benders. I'm like, uh, do you mean onto kineticist? <laughs> would you make up like a ranking in your head? It's like hmm, I see a level five onto kineticists. Let's see his maybe, maybe a better uh, example would be in Jimmy Neutron, how Jimmy Neutron uh, insists yeah. on calling More sodium chloride, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be me. Because it just sounds so like, much cooler. Do you think you're smart calling it that when no one knows what you're referring to? We get it. It's a reality bender. <laughs> Use the words. In 19- I, did, uh, oh, Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, ontokinesis, the type of shit someone says before the military guy's like, uh, English, please? <laughs> Can someone get his poindexter out of here? <laughs> From the decommissioned Site 97 to Site 82. In 1998, the ship was lost along with its crew, anomalies, and all five ontokinesis on board. An inquiry conducted by the Foundation in 1999 attributed this to a mid-transit containment breach, followed by the failed deployment of its emergency safety system, consisting of six linked SRAs. In 2015, the SS Sommerfeld was discovered adrift 200 kilometers west of Odo Island. 
This led to the forma formation of SARC to assess a sudden emergence of the SCP and develop a safe and effective containment procedure for it. In 2018, new evidence came to light regarding possible mal malfeasance on the part of Daniel Devon and DLS. A second inquiry was conducted into the events of 1998 and 2015. As a consequence of this inquiry, all current and future contracts with DLS have been suspended. Daniel Devon remains at large and has been designated as POI 3241-347. Bro, not a second inquiry. A second inquiry has hit the towers. <laughs> the board of direct, we had to make sure our shareholders had what they needed. <laughs> It's like when they vote Harry Osborne out of the fucking company. It's oh, like, you can't, can't do this to me. Anymore. The foundation has said that they won't buy if you're on the, the board. Sorry, but you've been designated as POI. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that fucking can of the SCP Corporation. God, please. Where it's I'll like a company. It. Yeah. I kind of fuck with that. Although, I feel like if I were to ever propose that, someone would just be like, uh, we already have Marshall Carter in Dark, so we don't need Well, that. then you just tell them to fuck off! True! I hit him with a heartbeat shot. Exactly. But I'd be like, 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 hey, this guy giving you trouble? <laughs> <laughs> like, Tanony! Tanony, please! He'd be like, no problem, little bro. Step in, crack your knuckles. Unhinge my jaw. Get the shit beat out of you as well. <laughs> it's like, I'm punching him, he's bleeding, but he won't go down. It's like, mmm, so this sensation. Pain! The taste of defeat, what fresh inspiration. <laughs> but it's still only synthetic. <laughs> oh my god, that goes hard. I need it natural. Like a character born. getting the shit beat out of him just to feel something, he's like, it's still only synthetic. It's stale. <laughs> this isn't real. <laughs> uh, where were we? Addendum three, two, four, one. Victory has become boring, but at least it's the genuine article. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and yeah, addendum one: loss of the SS Sommerfeld on September. 6th, I love how we have like the 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 anime voice now. It's just mm, talking like this. Mm, I love. <laughs> Dude, I, I get, like, half my humor from the bullshit you say that just, like, sticks in my head. I, I still can't get over chicken lie. I'm still repeating it constantly. People don't okay. even know what I'm talking about. I just go, that was a chicken lie. <laughs> I've been uh, saying uh, 66 seconds from becoming God. It's, it's a mess. On September 17th, 1998, the SS Sommerfeld departed Jacksonville, Florida, USA, for guy uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. At 17.21 UTC, uh, the Coast Guard received a signal from the ship's EPIRB, emergency position indicating radio beacon, placing it near the centre of the Atlantic Ocean, uh, 34.49 degrees north, 54.26 degrees south. Hmm. Yeah. At 18.06 UTC, the EPIRB broadcast another signal, placing it in the vicinity of the Sakoti Allen mountain range. At 1855 UTC, Cospas Sarsat satellites received a final transmission from the beacon. Its position can no longer be determined. All subsequent attempts to establish communication failed. Early recovery efforts were hindered by Hurricane George's, an inability to determine the SS Sommerfeld's location, and DLS representatives who incorrectly insisted to Foundation officials that the vessel was not lost, but merely delayed on account of severe weather conditions. Daniel Devon defended this decision during the 1999 inquiry. Would you like to be Daniel Devon? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Her emergency beacon was sending a signal, but the coordinates were all over the place. They made no sense. We've had distress beacons misfire before, so we figured it was malfunctioning. 
So is this a boat that was supposed to like contain anomalies? It's meant to take them from one site to another. Gotcha. We couldn't establish radio contact to confirm on account of Hurricane George's, but after three hours of nothing, we realized something was wrong. That's when I made the call. I called Jack. Jack Teppens, a foundation liaison for Devon Logistics Solutions. Myself. I told him something was wrong. I told him Summerfeld had gone missing. Once the SS Summerfeld was declared lost, the Foundation immediately mounted a joint search and rescue operation with help from MUDAC, United Nations Disaster Assessment and Coordination, the GOC, Global Occult Coalition, United States Coast Guard, Air Force, Air National Guard, and Navy. <laughs> this is like when they were looking for the submarine. <laughs> Do you mean they got the GOC no, in a map? the Ocean Gate! Yeah. <laughs> the, the 505s and their fucking anomalies on the summer film. <laughs> no, just the, still the ordinary one was like, maybe there's an anomaly in there called the GOC. <laughs> Search efforts concentrated on the ship's planned route and the two coordinates provided in its emergency broadcasts. After an intensive six-month-long investigation, no trace of the SS Summerfeld was found. I think the funniest thing I saw, it was so dumb, is like on Twitter, uh, someone retweeted like from when it was like hour to hour, like they only have 12 hours left. Like they retweeted like the other day and we're like, guys, we're running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. Are we have initial inquiry now? Yes, initial inquiry. During the initial 1999 inquiry, Daniel Devorn, um, and his pawn responded to questions regarding the possibility. What? what? You said Daniel Devorn and his what? And his pawn. Why? Why would he have? Because it rhymes. Tanhony. Tanhony. What? What? Don't Tanhony. This is a what PG thirteen podcast. Okay. There's children here. Uh, I think so. So we should. Probably I just killed careful. them. Oh my god! He <laughs> <laughs> burned down the orphanages again. It was called, It was my flash fire attack. Is that a flare? <laughs> Who do you think taught Donald how to duck? <laughs> but he can only fire one at a time. I prefer rapid fire. <laughs> Setting staff to automatic. <laughs> I imbued part of my consciousness into my tome. It can think as I would and knows the way I like to kill. Jesus. That's, that goes kind of hard. Uh, he responded to questions regarding the possibility that the disappearance of the SS Summerfeld was caused by a fault in its emergency SRA system. Look, that's... Look, I don't want to be rude, but that's nonsense. That's absolute nonsense. This is like Our Zuckerberg S- in the fucking court. <laughs> Our SRAs have a near flawless track record. They've seen extensive use throughout the Foundation. They're directly responsible for averting disasters every day. They save lives every single day, and we're developing better, more cost-effective SRAs every single day. What happened to the SS Summerfeld was tragic but it had nothing to do with our emergency safety system. What happened was, I, I don't want to blame your people. I'm sure their performance was exemplary. I've worked with you long enough to know you only hire the best of the best. But I do want to point out that you consistently refused to staff DLS technicians on site to provide immediate technical support. You wouldn't let us put any of our employees on that boat. You also have a history of... Your procedures have a history of deviating from the SRA manual. The manual exists for a reason. We wrote it for a reason. If you follow it, they work fine. This is like tech support. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking told you how to use the program, Jeffrey. The real tragedy is that this could have been averted. Had the Foundation been willing to... Oh my god, this is the Homelander speech on the plane. (laughs) (laughs) If they had put us in the military, we could have got there in time. 
The real tragedy is that this could have been averted. Had the Foundation been willing to let one of our DLS technicians on board the Sommerfeld, I'm certain they could have correctly deployed the SRAs. Had the Foundation paid for it, had you been willing to take the time and let our technicians just train your employees or even read our manual, I'm certain we wouldn't be having this conversation. If you only subscribe to our <laughs> deluxe containment package. Like and subscribe for more SRA content. Professor Zora Shetter, a paraphysicist who left the Foundation to work for DLS as a consultant, corroborated Daniel Devon's claims. I like this article because I like this idea of it like being like just an industry at this point. I love it. Also, what happens if you put an SRA where it's like reality's already normal? Does it become like extra normal? I don't think it does anything. Aw, oh, damn. I'll never understand the resistance to SRAs. Never. We have we have this wonderful little device, this wonderful miracle that can reduce even the fiercest of reality benders to a purring kitten. Previously, the only bottleneck was their prohibitive production costs and maintenance requirement, but now they're cheap, self-correcting, and a hundred times more potent. I've worked for them with, de- with them for decades. They've saved my life more times than I can count. If I ask for a show of hands right now, right here in this room, uh, of how many of you have been saved by an SRA, I'd be shocked if I saw a single hand down. I really would. What happened to SS Sommerfeld was terrible. My heart goes out to the victims. Thoughts and prayers. It really does. But our SRAs have been tested time and time again. We can account for everything. Everything except human error. One voice of dissent came from Professor Sherman Savori, a Foundation paraphysicist with a reputation for expressing skepticism towards SRAs. Do you want to be him? <laughs> sure. All right, for starters... Oh, he's the voice of reason, I think. Maybe he should be less of an egghead. He's a nerd. <clears throat> All right, fine. <clears throat> All right, for starters, they don't have a flawless track record. That's a load of bumpkiss. They have a pretty spotty one, actually, at best. Half the time, we can't even he's tell... He's fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> Well, once he said bupkis, I had to lie. Yeah. <laughs> because when they do, reality gets rewritten. Oh, yeah, yeah. You missed the sentence, I think. Half the time, we can't even tell if they failed. Because when they do, reality gets rewritten. SRAs treat reality bending as a morphogenic... Fi- is this where you got the morphogenic field from? No, it's or... a pre-existing thing. Is it? Yeah, it's right. I stole it from... Um, I stole it from Zero, <laughs> Zero Escape. Really? Yeah. Oh. They presume that these fields can be corrected, that you can unbend reality and revert the anomalous to a non-anomalous state. Uh, <laughs> inverts anomalous writer to writer. <laughs> that you can unbend reality. And re- oh, sorry. To the In joke, short, anomalous S- writer is just a normal writer. <laughs> he just writes things. In short, SRAs presume anomalies fit into a larger system, a system we understand and can control. But what makes something anomalous... By its very definition, it's something that doesn't fit. Something you can't control. We think we found a way to suppress reality bending, but all we've really found is a type of reality bending that's strong enough to overcome others. The SRA is a tiger that we use to tame other tigers. We think we've domesticated it. We think it's our pet. But a pet tiger is still a tiger. You can cage it, train it, teach it cute tricks. But it's still a tiger. It still has claws. It still has fangs. And we've surrounded ourselves with them. God help us all if they ever go feral. Oh, is this like an SRA that was done with it all? Well, I think what he means is SRA is just... The only thing it does is it reality bends on its own to, like, get rid of the effects of other reality bending. But, like, if they go if they go haywire on their Yeah, own. it's just like they could, they could just do the same thing. <laughs> Terrifying. Please continue. 
Dendum 3, loss and recovery of the IRV Silence Brink. On August 12, 2015, contact was lost with the IRV Silence Brink. The vessel had been performing an oceanogenic survey on behalf of Odo Island's fishing industry to determine the cause behind a recent and dramatic change in the behaviour of uh, Sariola quinquradiata, Japanese amberjack or yellowtail. Initial attempts to locate the ship failed. Its transponder was non-responsive or otherwise outside of effective transmission range. Three days later, Kansai International Airport intercepted a distress signal from the IRV Silent Springs EPIRB. After several failed attempts to establish communications, Japanese authorities deployed the ERV Koyomaru to investigate. This effort was abandoned when an onboard radiometric sensor, installed in the wake of the 2012 Fukushima Daiichi disaster, detected small but significant levels of ionizing radiation from the vessels. Japanese authorities then contacted the Foundation, who mobilized MTF Vita 5, the bigger boat, alongside Beta 7, Maz Hatters, to take the IRV Sound Spring into custody. Is Maz Hatters from something else? It's a pretty nice. common one, I think, that tears up. Mm. Miguel Quinones, the acting CEO of MTF Beta 7 at the time, uh, described his experience of the vessel during the 2018 inquest. Do you want to be him? Allow- yes, but allow me to teach you a little bit of Spanish. Okay. And I'm not teasing you because I know you don't have. Well, I guess you have Spain, but I don't know how much you learn Spanish. <laughs> um, but the little squiggly on the N is an Enye, so it's pronounced kind of how it sounds. So it would be Quiñones. Quiñones. Quiño. Inye. Imagine that. Like, Hello, Mr. Quinones. <laughs> Quinones. Watch me say that, and then someone who like actually speaks Spanish will correct me, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works, from my limited knowledge. <clears throat> my limited playbooks. Uh, <clears throat> So when the JMSDF called us, we figured it was just Old Man Jenkins up to no good. Uh, Old Man Jenkins is slang for someone who inaccurately presents an object, person, or phenomenon as anomalous, typically to induce Foundation involvement in non-anomalous emergencies. That sounds good. Uh, That's kind of funny, actually. (laughs) Happens a lot. Some freshly promoted bureaucrat panics or tries to pass their disaster off on us. We've even had a few cases where someone tries to make a perfectly ordinary problem look anomalous. This one time, I heard a guy even... Oh, is that the, the fish? The hairy fish? Um, no, it's a different one, but... Ah, oh, that's a shame. Uh... Oh, wait, oh, is that the one we read about the cancer? Yeah. Oh, my heart. Right, sorry. Anyway, we were pretty sure we'd be finding a dead whale tangled up in a buoy or something. We still followed procedure, though. Complacency is what gets people killed. You learned that lesson on day one. Came added up wind to minimize exposure. It's a good thing, too. The stink alone could have dropped us all. It definitely wasn't a whale, but it didn't look like a boat, either. It looked like uh, like a giant blob of rotten meat. A spongy, floating meat slab. Snoopy picked up some static, but not a lot. Snoopy being slang for MTF Beta-7's long-range radiometric sensing. We still took every precaution. We took a few extra ones, just to be sure. We didn't have any clue what we were looking at. We didn't even know there were, uh, people. We didn't know there was, uh, anybody in there. We just hooked it up and hauled it away. Figured the lab coats would sort it all out. Ew, look at the, uh, that picture. <laughs> the deck of the sound spring shortly after recovery. Yeah, I don't, I don't have, like, trypophobia, but that, like, I feel like would definitely play on that fear for some people. Like, oh, just the way the holes look is wrong. I don't like that at all. The Silent Spring was transported to a temporary provincial site for containment and evaluation. Researchers soon discovered it previously hosted a colony of over 300 unidentified species of microorganisms. Despite this microbiome's incredible complexity and interdependent functionality, a mass extinction event had occurred prior to recovery. 
The vessel's exterior was sheathed in an expired colony of microscopic arthropods, hollow uh. calcium carbonate modules extruded from the ship's surface at multiple points. Endoscopic and sonographic surveys determined that they extended through the hull as part of a rudimentary respiratory system. Large internal cavities of elastic tissue could expand and contract to regulate airflow. Upon dissection, researchers discovered that the vessel's interior topography was connected by a complex vascular system of thin, flexible tubing, responsible for the circulation of nutrients and expulsion of effluents. These tubes extended into the Silent Springs crew. Each crew member's central nervous system had been partially extricated and fused into a singular neural mass incorporated into the vascular system, which supplied the brain tissue with glucose and oxygen. The purpose or function of this congealed neural mass could not be determined. The module containing the Silent Springs EPIRB and VDR Voyage Data Recorder was found intact. The microbiome had failed to penetrate its exterior shell. However, repeated exposure to ionizing radiation had corrupted the device's internal memory, rendering it irrecoverable. While retracing the Silent Springs' initial route, a Foundation operated submarine, the SCPF Stravinsky, encountered a cargo vessel adrift 200 kilometers west of Odo Island, Japan. The ship had no AIS, automatic identification system, did not respond to hails, and emitted significant levels of ionizing radiation. The Stravinsky launched a Panopticon-class surveillance drone towards the vessel. Prior to an unexplained mechanical failure, the digital imagery from the drone confirmed the ship's markings as a match for the SS Sommerfeld. Ghost ship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> On October, so I don't avoid a short response. On October 26, 14 days after my birthday. <gasps> Wait, what? October twelfth? Yeah. yeah, you know this. <laughs> I know, but I just realized your birthday is only oh wait, no, I'm stupid. October's the tenth month. I was gonna say only six months away. Are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm I'm misremembering how numbers work. On October twenty sixth, fourteen days after my birthday. Sark was assembled to assess the extent of the SS for every date from now on. Every day in October. No, just every day of the year. And develop an effective containment strategy for it. Brian Browning, a veteran Foundation field agent and site native of his former site director, was assigned as the containment director. Close observation of the Sommerfeld was all but impossible on account of its unpredictable properties. Surveillance drones sent into its area effect experienced numerous mechanical failures. In order to acquire more data, Director Browning requisitioned several SRAs from DLS and ordered them mounted inside the Stravinsky. The submarine was to approach the SCP under the cover of a morphogenic field and attempt to retrieve its EDR. Several members of the Stravinsky's crew refused Director Browning's orders. This group ex- included the vessel's executive officer, Leslie Horton. She explained her decision in 2018. Oh, I would uh, be Leslie. <clears throat> Browning painted us as a bunch of traitors attempting a coup. But anyone with one fucking iota of military experience will tell you there's a world of difference between open fire and walk up to the enemy and tweak his nose with, while this magic box protects you. Besides, this wasn't a military operation. There was no immediate threat. We had every right to stop work over safety concerns, and that's precisely what we did. Professor Bakshi is the reason why, though. Bakshi had experience with SRAs, real experience, and he didn't trust them. He told Browning that his plan would put us at risk. When Browning told him to piss off, Bakshi came to us directly. He explained these things, the SRAs. He told us they were unreliable. Described it like trying to put out a fire with a flamethrower. Is this like... Hippo nerfing SRAs. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I kind of love it. Sometimes it works, and sometimes you just burn the whole goddamn neighborhood down. Convinced me, at least. Browning was furious, kept ranting about how Bakshi didn't know the first thing about field work or paratech. He said that if Bakshi didn't have the stomach for this sort of thing, then he ought to, uh... I think his exact words were, go apply for a job managing a 7-Eleven. 
Oh, yikes. <laughs> then he said some uh, some other things that I won't uh, repeat here. But in the end, Bakshi wouldn't back down, and neither would we. A compromise was reached on November 5th. At one SRA, we mounted to a USV, one-man surface vehicle, capable of sustaining its weight, eight, and supplying it with power. A representative from DLS arrived as an SRA consultant and to provide technical support. Shortly after entering the SCP's area effects, the USV ceased to response to remote commands. Uh, the vessel operated autonomously for two kilometers before experiencing a catastrophic mechanical failure and sinking along with the mounted SRA. As this was significantly farther than what the previous drones had achieved, the DLS representative claimed that the SRA had worked. Furthermore, he claims that control of the drone had likely been lost on account of the SRA's morphogenic field not being wide enough to prevent anomalous disruption of incoming radio transmissions. He concluded that a, net- a network of overlapping SRAs, combined with manual adjustments made by a licensed SRA operator, would be more than sufficient to overcome any of the SCP's anomalous effects. Hey, this egghead! <laughs> <laughs> Director Browning agreed with this assessment. He again ordered the crew of East Stravinsky to mount SRAs into their vessel and proceed into the SCP's area of effects, with Professor Bakshi, the only licensed SRA operator present at the time, on hand to make adjustments as required. Again, several members of Stravinsky's crew refused. Director Browning then ordered three of the five remaining SRAs to be mounted on the SPF Beagle 3, a small four-man patrol boat, and assembled a team to personally accompany him into the SCP's area of effects. When Professor Bakshi refused to accompany Director Browning, he asked the DLS representative to fill Professor Bakshi's role instead. In 2018, Professor Gambia Bakshi gave the following testimony regarding Director Browning's request for the DLS representative to operate the SRA. Would you like to be this Raymond... man? <clears throat> I've got you. Raymond Asakawa, the technician from DLS, that was his name. He was young, very young, very bright too. I found out later that he was studying to be a computer scientist. He just worked this job to pay his tuition. I don't think he... No. I know he didn't intend to mislead anyone. He just trusted his training. He trusted the SRA manual. All his answers to Director Browning's questions came straight out of that manual. He must have memorized it. Director Browning ate it up, patted the young man on the back, asked him all about Hume levels, can't counters, questions he knew Mr. Asakawa could answer. Building up his confidence, making him feel like an expert, like, like part of the team. Then, when Director Browning asked me to accompany him, he knew I would say no. He knew. He turned to Mr. Asakawa, and that's when I realized what was going on. Why he had been treating this young man so nicely. He was playing him. He turned to Asakawa, and he said... He asked if he could... He... He asked him... He asked him to... Shit. Shit, sorry. I'm sorry. I don't usually... I need a moment. Just... Just give me a moment. It's been a long time since I've talked about shit. I'm sorry. Okay. Alright. Okay, I'm alright now. Sorry. Sorry for the cussing. He looked so scared right then. Mr. Asakawa, I mean. I think he was starting to realize that there was a very real danger here. But then Browning said something. I don't even remember what. Something about how back in his day they didn't have SRAs. How they could have saved so many lives back then. How important Asakawa's work was. Something like that. Then Asakawa smiled and... He was looking at me before. When he was scared. He was looking straight at me. Me. He was expecting me to save him. And I could have. I could have saved him. I could have said no. I could have said absolutely not. I could have pulled that boy off the boat. And told that fat racist fuck to go fuck himself. But I didn't. 
I was so angry at him. Browning put his pride before all of our lives. I wanted him to be punished. He deserved to be punished. And that's why Raymond Asakawa is dead. He asked me to save him and I didn't because I was angry. I'm not sorry that Browning is dead. Fuck him. He deserved worse. But I am sorry about Raymond Asakawa. The day doesn't go by that I'm not sorry about Raymond Asakawa. I let that happen. I let that young man die. Shipping me on that boat. I'm sorry. Fuck, I'm sorry. God, I'm so sorry. Director Browning boarded the SPF Beagle Free with his team and approached the SCP. Out of the 14 members, only Jackson Vicola, a veteran containment specialist, survived. Would you like to be him as well, or should I take this one? Uh, you got this. We were about half a kilometer in when I realized something was wrong. There was this low keening noise behind me, like something was off with the engines. I started thinking about what I'd do if they went belly up, couldn't we're swimming for it. Then I remembered the tow line, they could reel us back. That relaxed me a little. But the sound just kept getting louder and louder, something fell off about it, too shrill, not mechanical enough. I finally turned around and, uh, yeah, it wasn't the engines, it was the kid, the one DLS sent us. He'd been screaming for a while now, it wasn't hard to see why. What surprised me was that he could scream. Big chunks of him had turned into glass. You could see straight into him, like someone installed a bunch of windows all over his body. There was this web of veins that wove through his guts, like pink silk ribbons. Um, when he moved, it made this horrible noise, crackling and popping, like someone grinding the heel down into a sack of light bulbs. The glass started splintering, jagged lines shot through and bit into his innards. Blood trickled on the cracks, then dribbled out of him, real slow. Sanchez had turned inside out. He didn't see the mind. I think he even winked at me. And uh, Browning, uh, Browning, I'm not positive, but it looked like his bones were evaporating. His body was collapsing into a heap of loose, folded skin like a pile of dirty laundry. His foul-smelling yellow smoke kept pouring out all his holes. I think the engines croaked at some point. Uh, the last thing I remember was them hauling us back as fast as they could. That's when they, that's when I uh, passed out from the pain. When I woke up a few weeks later, they told me Sanchez and Browning were DOA. The kid took about 20 minutes to finally shatter and bleed out. As for me, uh, I got pretty lucky. I only lost three limbs and half my intestinal tract. Look, Browning was a son of a bitch, I'll give you that. He and I joined the Foundation during the glory days. We did things differently back then. When the times started changing, he couldn't change with them. He, he was my friend, yeah. He, he was also a shitty human being. I know that. I've always known that. But for all his faults, he's not the reason I now trick my meals through a tube and shit them into a bag. I don't blame the kid either. He wouldn't have come along for the ride if he didn't swallow this SRA horse shit just like the rest of us. And I sure as fuck don't blame Gambier Bakshi. As far as I'm concerned, that man is a goddamn saint. Daniel Devorn. <laughs> I swear to God, if I ever lay eyes on that man, I will crawl out of this wheelchair and rip his fucking throat out with my bare teeth. It didn't do a goddamn thing, you hear me? Not a goddamn thing. If anything, it made things worse. None of the drones flipped anything inside out. None of them evaporated the smoke. None of them turned into fucking glass. No, they all just broke. It wasn't until we tried using his shitty products to contain his shitty boats that I ended up in this shitty chair. <laughs> Wherever you are, Mr. DeVorn, you ought to get down on your knees and thank God Almighty that the Foundation has changed. Because back in my day, this story wouldn't end with some sort, of, some sort of fucking inquiry. It would end with you in an orange jumpsuit thrown in the deepest, darkest hole we could find. It would end with us laughing while we sipped ice-cold beers and made bets on how long it would be before all our monsters got tired of your screams. God damn, That goes hard. <laughs> 
See, that's but, what that's what I like about Hippo. Like, he he knows how to write in a way where I like actually get invested in all the characters in the article mm-hmm. and their stories. Oh, it's so good. How does he do it? In such a limited amount of time, how does he do it, Tan? I don't know. <laughs> Very well, obviously. He's got a fucking gift. He's so he's so good at what he does. Anyway, enough jacking off Hippo. Uh, Dendum 5? Yeah, recovered emails. On January 3rd, 2018, an anonymous source provided the Foundation with several terabytes of data taken from DLS's intranets. This data included numerous email exchanges between Daniel Devon and his staff in regards to the installation of the emergency SRA system in the SS Summerfeld. So date, 1604-1995. This is from uh, Simon Shazikos to Daniel Devon. Re-emergency SRA system. Rip that motherfucker apart, Simon. (laughs) Well, this was before it happened, I think. Oh. You can argue that correlation does not equal causation until you're blue in the face, Dan. But the correlation is 1-1 across the board for over 10 years. And even if it didn't correlate, it doesn't change the fact every anger out there, including the ones that have been in service for decades, are experiencing failure events with increasing regularity. I, I like to imagine realities or like reality benders are getting used to them, so they just don't matter anymore. Also, they do mention they're making them cheaper and shittier. Now. Yeah, no more cost-effective. <laughs> every new SRA we put in the service increases the risk of another SRA failing. Right now, we're accounting for these increases in failure rates via an automated correction system. When one unit fails, two can adjust their morphogenic fields and suppress the faulty unit before it goes critical. We schedule monthly preventative maintenance to check for faulty units and quietly swap them out for ones that won't turn your skin into acid or whatever. But that's just it. You need at least two clean units to stop a failed unit from going critical, which is why an emergency system with only four SRAs just isn't going to cut it anymore. That setup would have worked 20 years ago, sure, back when a single unit was a rare occurrence. Or sorry, single unit failure was a rare occurrence. But now, multiple units in a set fail all the time. And if two out of four fail, the other two won't be able to hold them back. They'll go critical. Have you ever seen a Scranton Rally Anchor go critical? I have. Words like biblical come to mind. If you want this ship to be safe, you'll need 18, no, at least 15 units. That will keep them out. Wait, this is an email. Why did he not just erase 18? <laughs> no, he's saying he means he's, you'll need 18, but if you're not going to do 18, you need at least 15. Is what he means. <laughs> that will keep them out of the danger zone. That makes the chances of a criticality event all but impossible. Install just one unit less and you'll be putting everyone on board in harm's way. Following a review of these emails, Foundation investigators considered, concluded that the loss of the SS Summerfeld likely occurred as a result of a critical failure with its six onboard SRAs. Oh, boy. Jesus. It's fucked up that he even like, listened to it a little bit and added two more, because it's just like nothing. <laughs> so, I hope this guy gets fucking tried and hung. I hate Daniel DeVorn. Furthermore, investigators went on to link over 20 separate containment breaches to similar critical SRA failures. This led into the 2018 increase to the loss of the SS Summerfeld and the Foundation's ongoing reliance on SRAs for the containment of Omnicronesists. Two weeks prior to the start of the inquiry, Daniel DeVorn escaped Foundation custody. Efforts to locate him are underway. Alright, fuck you Hippo, 13 out of 10. Hold on, it's not over then. What? Scroll down to the bottom. What? <laughs> Yo. Access. Grant, what does Nemo me impune lacessit mean? I don't know. Uh, let, me, let me check. Probably Latin. Yeah, I think so. No one assaults me with impunity. <laughs> oh. Access granted. Welcome, 055. You currently have 33 emails which require your attention. You currently have... 26 procedures which require review and approval. You currently have one unsent draft. 
What would you like to do? Review draft. Boop. That's that's my sound effects for the article. That's the email popping up. From 055 to Daniel Devon. Subject none. So I do know this character is meant to be like a little old lady of five. Oh, is it Marion yeah. Wheeler? Um, it would probably be a little similar, more like a cute old lady. Aw, that's funny. Go for <clears throat> Hello, Daniel. There are times when I actually feel ashamed about having so much power with so little oversight. It's probably on account of me getting sentimental at my old age. There are so many gentle, kind faces around these days. So much optimism, so much desire to do right. It makes an ancient crone like me feel out of place. After all, I've done so many terrible things. Horrid things, Daniel. Positively horrid. This is the same foundation I helped create. We have inquiries now. We have accountability. We even have an ethics committee. <laughs> an ethics committee. I remember when someone first suggested that to me. God, how I laughed. But now we have one. They're even talking about giving you a trial, Daniel. Can you imagine? <laughs> Somewhere along the way, this nasty, violent little global conspiracy of ours grew a conscience. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I certainly had nothing to do with it. No, no. My little angels did this all on their own. I couldn't be prouder. Like I said, there are times when I actually feel ashamed about having so much power over so little oversight. It makes me wonder what an old monster like myself is even doing here anymore. And then, someone special comes along and reminds me. Someone like you, Daniel. You're probably wondering how I found you. You're probably wondering how you ended up in this cell. Don't worry about that, dear. It's not important. Behind you, you'll find a nice, clean orange jumpsuit. Go ahead and try it on. I had it made special, just for you. You'll also notice something else. A brand new top-of-the-line Scranton reality anchor. Your latest model, I believe. Let's give it a test run, shall we? An old colleague <laughs> is just dying to lend you a hand. Wait, who's old? Who's one uh, it's the old man. Oh no! Wait! <laughs> I put them down there with the reality anchor? Yeah, but in, in some canons, the old man is actually like Scranton in some form, so... Really? Yeah. So it's like... Is he the first one who created the anchor? Yeah. Damn. What would you like to do? Send draft. Draft sets. What would you like to do? Log off. Goodbye. 055. Ah, uh, thir- oh, Impache requiesa. <laughs> 13 out of 10. That was fucking brilliant. I was invested in the characters. I really love the world building. Exactly, games. yeah. Oh, just... Oh, like I said, the, like the containment it. industry. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my friend sent me something unrelated. <clears throat> uh, Alright, so let's see. Are we doing a second one, you think? Or do you I don't think we're doing a second one, to be honest. Alright, no worries. Let me get our video up. See how many comments we have. Alrighty. Uh, okay, you ready? Yeah. Floof Mother says... Did you know that ad astra per aspra roughly translates from Latin to mean from the dust to the stars? I knew I that. That's cool. Wow. You're so knowledgeable. I know. If I may, I'd like to suggest some articles I personally enjoy. Specifically anything to do with Accelerate the Future. There's only like five articles and they're all fairly short. They range from, what if Ed, Ed, and Eddie were anomalous? That sounds awesome. They already are. What if furries were body horror? They already are. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love those promises. I honestly wish that GOI got a little more love. 
Anyways, good episode. Ash becoming evil and beating his Pokemon is literally the plot of a Star Bomb song, which made you guys independently making it up extreme. Fuck, is it really? I don't know. I don't even know what Star Bomb is. <laughs> it's, um, I know what they are, but I haven't listened to Star Bomb since like 20 fucking 13 or whatever. Well, they don't it's, exist um, anymore. Do you, do you so know I'll Game just... Grump? Uh, I know. Yeah, I know Game Grump. It's their funny little band. Cool. They do funny video game songs. Uh, good episode, but I will be destroying the Starship Tanhoney Towers with my Hyper Velocity Cannon. If no! I'm doing it silly, so watch out. <laughs> we need reinforcements on the front line. You have to liberate Tanhoney Tower. Please. Uh, Arcadian Loxious, which is a dope name, says, Hi there, love this episode. I just like to say I listen on Spotify, and y'all don't read the comments on there. I don't even think there are comments on yeah, Spotify. Yeah, I don't think there so. Are... That's why we don't Please read them. how to read them. If they are, there's a whole second fan base that we just don't know about. (laughs) Yeah, it's been leaving way more comments. I'd like to, again, recommend read... Recommend the Red Tape Cannon by Rounder House. It's great. It's about the SCP Foundation discovering the Sarkic Cults, Mechanites, and Davites. And a mysterious fourth power that... Well, I don't want to spoil anything. That sounds kind of fun. Maybe we'll... Maybe. Maybe we'll have Rounder on about it. You know what I mean? We haven't had him on in a while. Uh, but I kind of want to return to Ad Astra if we have stuff to do there. What do you think? Um, yeah, well, we can probably check it out some more. Dino Tail says, man, now this was one hell of an episode. I don't think I have laughed harder. The shit you guys come up with is amazing. Thank you, my friend. As for the SCPs, I'm really loving this canon. Space ghosts hunting space ghosts, hypothetical plants, and giant creatures hitting the moon. Absolutely amazing stuff going on. All right, Tanhoney, since we've entered a new canon, I will give you the power of Word of God again. You can give me and take my powers? Yeah, he's that strong in the canon. (laughs) Tell us about one USCPs in the Ad Astra canon. Give us some juicy lore. Well, you see the hungry train, the little wooden toy train that sort of eats wooden and metal and stuff? Um, It's still doing that. It's still on Earth. (laughs) They, They didn't take it when they left. Cute. So it escaped, actually. It's now, it used to be inside the toy train. It's now fucking massive. And it's like the, the the apex predator of life on Earth. Did we ever read your toy train, SCP? There's not much to read, to be honest. Oh, I want to read it now. Uh, now, if you excuse me, I have a space ghost to hunt. <clears throat> MT2K21 says, this was really on Spotify. It felt weird. It's always Wait, on Spotify. What was There's been some propaganda and some lies. I accidentally published it early. And I know I didn't, so they're liars. All the five of you is a liars. Oh, they, they, oh, is that what happened? Yeah, I thought. I, so. I thought like I was like, did we do something bad on Spotify? <laughs> is that all it was? I think so. Okay. Unless they found out about like the the transactions. What? What? What transactions? Uh, these ones takes out gun. <laughs> Oh my god, bullet transactions! <laughs> Sorry, uh, <laughs> you just couldn't leave well enough alone. <laughs> Crowcat says, Natville Take is one of my top four favorite authors on the site. Super glad you guys are checking out her stuff. And if you liked Malice A4 Thoughts article, I'd recommend reading his other stuff. His articles are all fairly short and always fun. Ad Astra Paraspera, salute. Thank you for your saluting for your service. Uh, Daryl Griner says, Not all of your commenters are new. I've been listening for about 2.5 years, I want to say. I just listen on Spotify, and you don't read out the Spotify comments. All. Where are the Spotify comments? <laughs> I, I know there are, like, reviews, but I've never seen, like, words to them. They're all just star reviews. Where can I... Re- Does only Tan have access? Because he runs the account? 
If you readers, tell us how to read the Spotify yeah. comments and we will read them. Is there a treasure trove we're missing? What is happening? Tan, have you heard of this before? Um, I didn't know that we had Spotify comments. <laughs> I'm so sorry. If this whole time we've been ignoring Spotify comments, I'm going to feel like such an <laughs> asshole. I, we didn't know they existed. Yeah, we've been ignoring the Spotify fandom. <laughs> this whole time <laughs> they've been saying the shit that it would have changed everything if we had responded. Oh, I'm sorry, Spotify heads. Gayhald Mill says, Okay, so I wasn't dreaming when I saw the episode was uploaded 14, hour- 14 hours early on Google Podcasts. The lying, the dissidents. <laughs> How many times did this happen again? Ah, right. Three times. Gayhald Mills. Um, Gemini be sliced. Wish. No! I, I jump in front of the slice. You fool. You fool. The blade of judgment cuts only that which is guilty. And then last but not It's like they got cut in half behind you. <laughs> it's like the fucking Anubis cutting the cat, not cutting the cow. Do you remember that? Gets... Fucking, the guy gets cut in half and as he's like dismembered flag through the air, he goes, but how? The cow wasn't armed. <laughs> Wait, what? What is this from? From Jojo, Anubis. Mm. Like, he's been cut in half, and as he's, like, flying through the earth, his top half, he goes, how did he not kill the cow? Goddamn. I love Jojo's bros. <laughs> uh, lastly, Elsa Borgers Del Tier says, Yippee! How do you feel about that? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think about anything. I just sort of react to stimuli. <laughs> I know you think about things. Don't even lie to me. <laughs> no, it's all... I'm, a, I'm like a pee zombie. It's all automatic responses. That's not true. You say some really thoughtful stuff sometimes. Yeah, but it's all automatic responses. It's the illusion no. of sentience. Sometimes you think really hard about things. Exactly. Don't don't stand proud. You're strong. <laughs> um, I will never I forget you as long as I live. Sanity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have anything else to go over, right? I think um, we're good to go. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, by the way, the, you know, we had uh, all those phenomena happening where, like, there'd be, like, enemies and stuff in our in our podcast. Mm-hmm. I've, I put a stop to it. I actually contacted this business, and they put some anchors in here um, mm. to, to keep us safe. I'm just going to activate the system the... now. No, <laughs> <Here> wait! <I> <laughs> <laughs> it's 